Welcome to Conscious Curiosity SD, where successful leaders share their stories of leading beyond profit and are using the influence of business to positively change the companies and communities we all work and live in. I'm your host, Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership, a process to help leaders fully engage all their stakeholders by making work meaningful. We want to thank our sponsors, a collaborative community of San Diego business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism, and Be Local, who are all focused on supporting this next generation of leader. Welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have another Torch Award winner as our guest on Conscious Curiosity SD. The Torch Award is the most prestigious honor the Better Business Bureau presents to businesses that's demonstrating an outstanding commitment to integrity and ethical practices. Our guests, yes, that is right, our guests, are Lucinda Lilly and Chris DiMarco from FBS Property Management. Lucinda and Chris, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. Let's jump right in here. Lucinda, ladies first. (laughs) What would you like to know? Well, give us a little snapshot of who you are so our audience can kind of understand who's on the show here today. A little bit of your background. How did you end up in this business? And yeah, just give a little, little insight as to who you are. I can do that. So, Lucinda Lilly, I'm the Vice President of FBS Property Management, and concurrently, I happen to be the President of the Southern California Rental Housing Association this year. You're a big shot here. Oh, I boy. I didn't realize I who we you. had on the show. Big. I tell you, it's a big deal. Um, Pays I, well, I imagine, that day. Totally. <laughs> it's kind of like podcasting. Totally. In the late 1980s, kind of fell into the business as a file clerk in a real estate management company. Uh, about uh, seven years later, I happened to meet the man sitting to my left, Mr. Chris DeMarco, who got me involved with the Apartment Association here in San Diego. And I would guess you would say the rest is history. This is good history, right? It's we're, we're great not, history. We're, you're not blaming him for anything. No, exactly. no. Okay. Um, over the years, our, our paths have taken very different courses. I uh, went to work for some national organizations managing a different type of portfolio, But about just over 10 years ago, Chris called me and said, I know you're tired of traveling. It's time for you to come home. Come talk to me. We need you to come and be a part of FBS. And so I did. And here we are. So that's a great story. So you actually had met earlier. This was when oh, you got yeah. you, you, oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All much, right. much earlier. Much earlier. <laughs> Went out and did your thing and then full circle came back and yeah. uh, got recruited. Absolutely. By Chris. So, Chris, yeah. who are you besides a recruiter? I guess I'm uh, that recruiter extraordinaire. I don't know. That sounded really good. Uh, I got out to California from uh, Chicago, originally from there. Uh, I had a business back there, and when I sold the business, somebody uh, had uh, heard a little bit about me and uh, flew me out to San Diego and said, uh, you're, you're going to take over my property management company. And so, that's how I fell into property management. Is that what you were doing in yeah, Chicago? Or no, no, oh, no, no okay. No, All right. no. So, uh, but here's this, uh, you know, 25-year-old kid, and they, they were impressed in what I did uh, there you know, for a few years. And uh, I took over a, a management company, and we were managing and uh, assessing properties in 19 states throughout the country. And uh, after a few years with these guys, uh, ran into my current uh, business partner, Neil, and, uh, you know, I'm going to open my own company or you and I are going to do something together. And that's how that happened. Uh, so I uh, started with uh, Neil Felstead and 
of FBS and um, got involved heavily with the Apartment Association because that was a good networking place for me to get started with in order to, you know, cut my teeth and find out more about it. And uh, with the workshops and, and the educational things that they had there, um, it gave me that benefit of learning on the job. Um, I think that's what we all do at the end of the day. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, you know, actually, you know, back in the day, I was thinking I wanted to be the fireman or a property manager. And those were the things when I was about seven or eight years old. But I <laughs> no property manager really top of the <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Well, quite frankly, property managers put out fires all the time. Well, there you go. That's it all worked out, perfect, we're, worked out perfectly. <laughs> we're, we're firefighters. Huh? So. But so that's, uh, you know, kind of how it came to be. And, um, Found a little niche uh, in the marketplace that nobody was uh, managing single family homes. Everybody was doing apartments and the single family homes went to the mom and pop's uh, neighbor. Uh, They would keep an eye on the property and take care of it. And so I found that little niche. And then with us being a military town, uh, I found a lot of military that got here and didn't want to leave, but you know, uh, they were deployed somewhere else, but they're gonna come back to San Diego because no place finer in the, in the world to live than San Diego. America's finest city. Absolutely. Uh, so that's uh, kind of what happened is I, I started picking up a little single family homes all over the county and uh, built the company and just keep building and building and building it through uh, some of the educational workshops and seminars and things that we did with the Apartment Association is where I ran into uh, Lucinda when she was at file clerk and then moving her way up fast. And then I was pretty impressed with her when the first time I met her. So I recruited her into the apartment association and uh, uh, we formed uh, the very first property managers council, uh, the very first resident managers council, the very first vendor council. And we did all this educational training together. And then I said, okay, pass the ball to you, Lucinda, you do the rest of the hard work. I'm going to go play golf. <laughs> we were laughing our way in. Uh, Chris kind of showed up looking like he just came from the golf course. <laughs> So what's the roles and responsibilities today? It's like, well, what's your focus on a day-to-day basis, Chris? And what's yours, Lucinda? Um, well, it, it's kind of twofold over the last 10 years. Um, I kind of pulled away from the day-to-day operational side of it. Lucinda came in and uh, worked uh, closely with my team uh, on the operational side as well as the educational side because we're big proponents of education and teaching our people and training our people. We want our people to be the best that they could possibly be. How I break it down is this. I went into a different role from working in the business to working on the business. So I work on the business, so behind the scenes, the things that happen to keep the, the doors open and keep us moving forward. And Lucinda's taking that role for me, uh, along with the, my executive team and my operations team that uh, uh, work in the business. So the day-to-day operations, working with the residents, working with the uh, property owners, working with the vendors, and, and that's kind of the, uh, probably the easiest way to break it's it probably down. Probably a great way to describe it. Chris asked me to come and be a part of FBS. It was a role that was created for me, quite frankly. And I think he and Neil were reassessing, you know, where are we? What do we want to do? Who are our team members? Um, Do we have the right team members in place? And knowing my commitment to education, Chris and Neil really asked me to take a lead with that. And I have thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm an instructor for the Institute of Real Estate Management and for the National Apartment Association. So when Chris says that we have a a commitment to education within the organization, he's minimalizing it because what he and Neil chose to do was to give me the latitude to be involved with these organizations 
so that I could bring back the best information to grow our team. We are absolutely committed to growth and development, not just within the workplace, but personal growth and development as well. And I'm absolutely just so grateful that they've given me this opportunity to be that sort of leader within the organization and within the industry, quite frankly. So you're getting to do what you like to do. I get to do what I'm passionate about doing every single day. So that's the thing I think people miss about work. Work is actually a platform it is for showing up to be who you really are called to be, right? So the, the product or service is just, uh, yeah, that's the thing we do, but it gives us this opportunity to express ourselves in the best we, way we can. So love Indeed. that. Love that. Indeed. So, well, I ha- you got to give them credit for seeing the opportunity to do that. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we get a little morsel, a little morsel. <laughs> so. But yeah, it's it's always been something for me that I, I believe in trying to, uh, you know, uh, pay it forward, pay it back, help people uh, grow and develop. Uh, I was a coach for many, many, many years uh, and developing kids and bringing them along. Uh, part of the, bringing Lucinda in uh, and some of the things that afforded me is I was a coach, uh, both at the high school level and beyond. But then I went to- Oh, you became a professional D- coach, right? You took it to the next yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. D1. Uh, yeah. So I was a D1 oh. softball coach who oh, wow. went with women. And so I'm a coach at heart and I like to teach and train uh, people. And if I can see that and I can develop somebody, I'm going to develop it. So we look at it from the standpoint is employees come and go. They're going to come into our organization. But when they leave, they leave with more than they came with. And so every one of them, and I have a, uh, we were talking about it. Um, I'm at like 277 employees that I brought in and have come and gone through our organization over the years. And we were at a, a convention this last week uh, through the National Apartment Association. And there was a lot of uh, success uh, and succession. And a lot of it was wrapped around women uh, and the advancement and the leadership roles that women are taking. Well, that's kind of dear to me. I've got two daughters. I got a, um, a mom that raised us alone. And uh, of the, all these employees, I'd say about 95 to 97% of them have been women. So I've always had this advancement desire to help women in the industry and anything that they do and to be able to advance. And it was interesting. I said in this uh, seminar and it was talking about how women are being held back and held back. And I'm like, who does that? And it was kind of foreign for me to actually hear that and see that knowing what I've been doing for the last you know 36 years or more is the advancement of women. And then to hear the women in this, in the, in this uh, seminar and this workshop talking about being held back and how, uh, you know, they're not given the respect and, you know, what we need to do in order for them to recognize us. And Lucinda was uh, instrumental in that workshop. And she was the one that was emceeing it and getting all those questions out there. And every once in a while, I'd catch her eye and come across the room and she'd look at me and give me a little smile. And she goes, <laughs> All right, Mr. DeMarco, I, all right, I got gotcha, you, I got gotcha. you. Well, I find it interesting you say that. Um, I'm a big fan of women leadership in my career. I've just, I say this, I think the women have always outperformed the guys. Now, I've worked in an environment where it's been fewer women in manufacturing, engineering, development, a lot of, a lot of my background. and But um, all the women I've worked with are always <laughs> top notch. Why, why so. do you think I got the heck out of the way and right. let her wait, take wait, over? Look at the success <laughs> you're having, right? I mean, don't be stupid, right? <laughs> Put the right folks in charge. I, I just want to like reiterate what you guys are saying here, though, because it really is the kind of key is 
what we're talking about isn't talking about property management at the moment. We're talking about the opportunity to come in. Oh, I'm a coach at heart. Oh, let me coach. Yeah. Oh, I got a mentor that's coaching women. Oh, let me bring in women, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm an educator. Let me let me lean in education. So mm-hmm. that, that needs to be the big message to the audience is yeah. that's your opportunity. Actually, I, I want to take that a little bit further. Sure. It's the difference. You know, we are rental housing providers. And one of the stigmas that we fight every day, and I will say fight, is that we are called landlords. First of all, we're not in England. We're not lording over anything. We come to work every day to provide rental housing, to provide homes for people throughout the San Diego region. We also come to work every day to provide the development and support of our employees. What I would say to that is if you look at different leadership styles, take us out of the transactional um, leadership and put us into transformational. That's actually what Chris and I are both discussing here is understanding how the development of the entire ecosystem around us is so important in order to make our communities better. It's not just about collecting rent. It's not just about renting homes. It's about being part of an ecosystem that is part of a community. And that's what we're both discussing here. We both see the world in the same way. I see it in a much larger, much larger, right? I'm just not getting collecting your rent. It's, it's like, right, there's a whole thing happening here in the community. Yep. Love it. Well, and, and as I said this last week, we had this big convention. It was amazing. And, and the one, you know, big takeaway that I have is here are 11,000 plus people that came in town here uh, for this, for education, uh, learning on how to do what we do better, how to provide for uh, the customer. That's that rental resident. And here are these people that are are passionately committed to make it better for uh, the living environment for renters. And we're thousands and thousands of people that are at this event. And I looked at one of our newest employees and I, I I said, is this amazing that this many people cared this passionately about how can we make it better for a tenant? How can we make it better for our property owners and help give them a return on the investment on what they're doing? The huge risk that they're taking, we've got to make sure that we're looking out for their best interest on it. And she was like, wow, you're right. I, I really never realized that that was out there, that the, here are all these providers, housing providers, passionately looking for a resolution for any issues that come up and trying to make it better. And I shared that, like we said, we get, you know, beat up a little bit about being landlords or these terrible people that all we do is rent raises and don't care about the tenant. And it's, it's the complete opposite. We, we do so much in order to make it better for the resident and are constantly thinking what, what can we do at our client one to help them with their property value by investing the proper things into it to make it better, which in turn, the resident gets the benefit from those nice things. So we've gone from the old day where it was, you know, four walls, slop some paint on and some old carpet on the floor to, I mean, we've got wood floors going on, two tone, three tone, different combinations of paint. We've got granite countertops and we got glass and uh, I mean, just gorgeous stuff that's out there and the resident benefits from it. So all they talk about is, oh my gosh, you're raising the rent 10%. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. But the tenants are getting these beautiful places and facilities that, you know, they don't go to talk towards that at all. It's just the negative side of 
being a landlord or being a property. Well, add a little bit to the quality of of the rental housing. It's not just the physical plant. It's not just the four walls and the beautiful home that we're providing. It's also the way that we serve our residents. You know, we have very strong core values that dictate pretty much everything that we do. And one of them is we treat each resident as if they are our guest. We treat each property as if it was our own we spend each dollar as if it's our last. It doesn't mean we're cheap. It simply means we know the value of what we're paying for. But the very first core value is we treat each resident as if they are our guest. That could not have been more true than over the past two and a half years during the pandemic. Challenging times. Um, We We were essential. (laughs) We were were essential. We did not stop working. And our team members picked up the phone every day to call residents just to make sure they were okay. Oh, wow. wow. How are you? Do you need anything? What can we do to help you? While we had done some of that before, it was a huge shift. And now it's become part of our everyday lives to pick up the phone and say, how are you doing? You even shared a story I heard, uh, I think in the Torch Awards, at the part of uh, receiving the award and that you should share on the audi- with the audience here regards to the house that had the fire. and Oh, that was I mean, a day. Just, you just gave me chills. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, mean I, I really, I really want to, you know, kind of, so I'm a renter, so I can appreciate what the, the conversation was. I've been a homeowner like forever, and right now I'm renting, and so uh, I've had some property management or whatever combinations that, have been interesting <laughs> and not necessarily all following your, following your uh, mantra. Um, then also had the private owner that, you know, we kind of had a great relationship with. So it's, it's been kind of an interesting experience, but share your story because I think it's a really difficult space mm-hmm. because I mean, you're going to have some renters are going to be poor renters, not pay wreck things or whatever. I'm sure you got some um, owners going, I bottom line dollar, you know, capitalism, right? That's all I, right. I care about. So I think it's a really difficult line for you guys to walk to try and keep both sides happy. So It's a big balancing act. Yes, for sure. And and as much as we are discussing the way we view this world, we too are human. We do make mistakes. We do have bad days. And so we are not perfect. That's not what I'm trying to put out there in any way. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I'll speak for me. Full confession here. I was Chris thinking is, about you, Chris not me. <laughs> Chris is fine. <laughs> no, I was saying she is. I'm not. <laughs> After all these years? What? <laughs> so, so, so share that story of uh, what it looks like to actually play this game at a really high level and actually really, truly care about both sides of, of the equation that you have to manage. Um, yeah, it was early in the pandemic, actually. It was in April of 2020. And again, we are essential and we did not stop working and we were be, being called upon at a very high level. And I will not forget, it was about 3.30 in the afternoon and I was exhausted because I hadn't slept well the night before. I was worried about a number of different things. And I was getting in my car to leave and the only other person in the office, there were only two of us who came to the office every day, ran out and said, fire. And I said, like literally? What? I'm like, <laughs> What are you talking about? She said, no, fire. And she gave me the address. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, send me the directions to my phone because right now I can't think of where it is, even though I'd been there a million times. And so off I went. And the home was was not fully engulfed, but it was pretty significant. The residents weren't home, thank God, and uh, met the firefighters there, and we were able to contain it and put some clearance around it. We were able to allow the residents to go in once they had contained it to grab some of their personal property because 
then it was our responsibility to find them. Where are we going to put you? You can't stay in this house. It wasn't your fault it caught on fire, um, and it really wasn't their fault. We need to find you a place to be. Um, here's the Red Cross. They're going to give you money. We're going to take care of you as well. Found them a place to go. But you didn't have to do that. I mean, probably not. I mean, maybe you, you build, you know, your, your heart's like, it was the right thing to do. But you didn't have to do that. It was the right thing to do. When you're in that moment and you see it, and these are people that you care about. You know, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You know them. I Got mean, relationship. You're going you're gonna to do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we may not be blood, but we're still connected in some it's way. It's a community. Back to the, I love the word community, right? We're part of a community. We are part of a community. And the story doesn't end there. Because I went home that night, I probably got home about 7.30, ate some dinner, I'm crashing on the couch. Remember I told you I didn't sleep well the night before. My phone rings, and it's the property owner calling me from Japan, and I thought, you know what, I, I can't, I can't right now. But then I get a text. Neighbor says, house fully engulfed, help. They hadn't put the fire out fully. It was still in the walls, and the house Real. ended up. Round, round two. It re- <laughs> Reignited. Yep. And so off I went, and um, I was there till probably about two o'clock in the morning, making sure that everything was taken care of. But at that point, then we have a different situation. Now I have to permanently rehouse these residents and let them know that all of their personal property was gone. And fortunately, we require renters' insurance for our renters, and so they were insured, and that was helpful. Um, it was a challenge as well because one of the the residence is an active duty service member scheduled to deploy the next day. Oh, perfect. And so, you know, just a lot of support that had to go on. And it was horrifying to know what they were going through, but it was gratifying to know that our team was able to help them. Now, do you work with the landowner on the other side to with the whole? Absolutely. Okay. Insurance with everything. Everything. Yep. We're full service. So yeah. wow. the property owner turns it over to us and we take care of every single thing for them. And they, they get a check if they do, and they always get a check. Sometimes they have to send it in. And then we give them financial statements. We give them breakdown for everything. Uh, any repairs, any estimates, anything like that, we're reviewing it because we have you know, experience and, and being able to help anywhere we can save them a little bit on some of the uh, reconstruction. We've got some great service providers that help us with all of that as we go through it. And we've had relationships with them for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, the owner has somebody in their corner and, you know, from the property owner's side, they feel, uh, right. you know, covered. Comfortable, yeah. The resident side, they feel covered. And, you know, that's the important thing for us. And I think that's part of what keeps us going all the time because, you know, we see that positive side of it and it, it is pretty cool. And like I said to you earlier, uh, you know, uh, we're still passionate after being in this industry for this many years. I can see it. I love it. People, you know, say this to us all the time. And, and, I, and I break it down as simply as something like this. Uh, when, when you go and show a house to, to a property to somebody and, you know, mom and dad and the kids come through and the kids are running from room to room, picking their room out. And they're just so excited. This is the coolest thing. Oh, my gosh, this is great. This is great it warms your heart, you know, and it's just like, we're providing something, you know, and we try to share that with a property owner that may be in Japan so far away. They don't get to see see that. They're removed from that. Yeah. They don't get to see that. So we try to share that with them in many different ways. So we send them newsletters, we send them information, we send them all kinds of stuff like that so that they go, okay, I am doing something that's important. I like that. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that, that's really good. I, I loved how you, somewhere I heard you say something about, I mean, people that live lives there, 
I'm getting married, fall in love. Mar- There's ex- all, it, exactly. it's, it's life. It's, this is actually part of your life, right? Well, I'll share you one. I had a, a couple that had a baby and they came and rented from us and they rented this you know, two bedroom. A few years later, they had uh, another child. And so then they wanted to dig into a bigger property. And then they had three more kids and they ended up in a five bedroom house that they were my tenants for over 25 years, almost 30 years to the point where now the kids are now moving out of the home and they're now downsizing back to a two bedroom because they don't need that much space anymore. So I watched this family grow, you know, over 25, 30 years from just mom and dad and, and, and a newborn to here. The kids are going off to college yeah. and it was, it was pretty amazing, you know, seeing some of that. And that's, that's, that's the joy that we get. So, um, interesting times here in San Diego. Um, you're experts in the space, uh, tough to find places to rent, uh, affordable housing, all these kinds of things. I mean, we're, we're in a kind of a challenging period. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are we seeing? What are, what are you forecasting? Uh, Give, give our audience a little insight. Uh, are we going to build some properties? What's, what's going on in the, in the grander San Diego area when it comes to housing, I guess, is sort you of the, to be the question. You want me to be the bad guy or the I good guy? No, no, no. no good no, guy, no. bad guy. Good cop, bad cop. What, what do you want? You know? Let me start. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, we haven't kept up with the demand for housing. We do need to Absolutely. build more housing. Second of all, I am seeing a lot of new housing starts. The challenge is that the fees that are involved with that new housing and multifamily dwellings at least the fees are so significant that the prices are rather significant so not affordable uh not necessarily for the developers so they're not not, no oh from upstream it's yeah yeah. okay um there's some affordable components but the affordable components are still in the 80 percentile of uh, median income which is still a pretty high level so there's always that challenge I heard uh, Mayor Gloria speak the other day at our uh, National Apartment Association Board of Directors meeting, and he is committed to helping to develop more housing. City of San Diego has done some wonderful things to create the opportunity um, to develop accessory dwelling units that will provide more housing as well. Um, But it's a drop in the bucket of what the need is. Right, right. And, and the challenge is everyone is frustrated and challenged about the homeless, but in the very next breath they'll say, but can you believe they're putting that apartment community there? <laughs> yeah. uh, NIMBYism at its best. Yeah, not, not in my neighborhood. That's, uh, not in my neighborhood in yeah. any way, shape, or form. So if I had a crystal ball, I, I, I wish I did. What I can tell you is that through responsible partnership that rental property owners, rental property renters, and suppliers, that ecosystem about which we have spoken, we can continue to work together to create more housing opportunities. I can see all kinds of different things happening. There are office space and retail space and mall space that's not being utilized fully that I hope that we'll be able to get some different zoning so that we can transition that into rental housing from entry level all the way up to, to um, affordable. So we need a little creativity here. We do we need some The old model just can't be the old model. The we old model doesn't work anymore. Things. Yeah, yeah. As we sure. have found over the past three yeah. years, right? And, and it is. It's a difficult uh, equation to try to figure out because uh, with the with the fees and the costs of zonings and all the things that go in, and then some of the things that take place with current uh, property owners, uh, every time they turn around, they're slapped with another cost, another cost, another cost. And it's like, okay, this is getting astronomical. And so... You have a lot of the property owners that are going, okay, 
the price uh, point on my property has gone up. I'm just dumping it. I'm done. I can't take any more of this. And so we're losing housing that direction for a rental resident to find. And then it was really interesting at one of these workshops, uh, they were given some t- statistics, nationwide statistics that really shocked me about how many young millennials are not going out in the traditional way, getting married and getting in the house. And so they stay single purposely. And a lot of, a lot more women are staying single because they can't find that guy that they want to be with for the rest of their life. It's tough to so, find a good guy, Chris, man. It's really tough. <laughs> Look at us. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's funny. And I need to find somebody that's willing to take us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen a few of them. Uh, I don't blame some of these ladies. Uh, but so what it's done is it's created what would have been getting together and joining into one household. There's two households, so they need twice as much inventory mm, for yeah, that. Yeah, I thought about that. And then the second part of this was the equation that they came out with. It was the uh, 55 plus baby boomers. And there's an alarming rate, a divorce rate that's going on, which is creating Same two households. Oh, my. So when they're splitting and now two different places they wow. to go to. So that. that demand is getting greater and greater and greater based on some of the stuff that's going out there. And uh, I found that really interesting because I hadn't thought about it from that. And I look at your face. There's all these well, nuances you just don't know about. That's right. why I always like talking to people that are experts in the space because yeah. you, you, you know, you're not going to read about that in the newspaper or whatever, right? Yeah. So, no, probably yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's one that, you know, it's like, okay, there's not an easy fix for that. Yeah. So that was that was some, some like I said, that's why we go to these things and, and continue to learn. And these are nationwide statistics that we see, and and it's, it's pretty pretty interesting stuff. So we've touched on this a little bit in regards to who you are and how you operate the business. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the Torch Awards, right? I was at the event uh, last year and so impressed by just the event and the people and what, what all the companies had done. And you just go, wow, this, this is a really cool thing. Conscious capitalism is about, you know, businesses doing something greater than just making money. And this is certainly an example and a measurement of that. Right. So maybe share a little bit, uh, what, what's the torch awards mean to you folks? And, um, why should other people in the BBB pursuing this and really trying to get the, get well, them on the board for this? And, and you're a long time member and involved mm-hmm. at the board level, yeah. Chris. So well, I'll throw it out to Lucinda mainly so that she can kind of introduce one of the special things that we have is we're an AMO and that is an accredited management organization. It's just works towards ethics and, and integrity and whatnot. And so Lucinda is the one that she's the CPN that brought that in. And very few companies uh, nationwide have this designation. So share a little bit. All right, then. You're on. I'm on. Um, See how he delegated it? Right yeah, now. I like that. But that's okay. It's my passion anyway. As Chris said, we are what's called an AMO, an accredited management organization through the Institute of Real Estate Management. The Institute of Real Estate Management, our members and our AMOs, have a very, very high level of a code of ethics to which we adhere. I would tell you that many organizations have codes of ethics. What makes ours distinctive is that we very aggressively hold people to it. Anyone, anyone of the general public can let the Institute know that they have a concern, that an ethical article, we have 14 articles and a pledge, that something has been crossed and it's actively investigated. 
But that's what leads us to the award that we've now received three times. Because kind of what the, the, the Better BB Business Bureau is doing too, right? It's very exactly. commonality. So exactly. when Lucinda went that direction and whatnot, I went the BBB direction and was asked to get on the board of uh, directors for the foundation. And a lot of that is providing scholarships for the kids, fraud and scam with uh, seniors and the military that's out there. And there's a lot of that's going on. So that I was very passionate about that. So I've been on the foundation board for many years now. Um, at one point, they even asked me to, to chair it. And so I was the chairman for a few years. And uh, it really connects to what we do in, in ethics and morals and the leadership role that we've taken for our, for our company are for our people and wanting to continue that moving forward. So we're involved with almost every organization we can possibly be involved in in order to, to pay it back and help. So the BBB award means a lot to us. Um, it just means that we've been recognizing others, not just us patting ourselves on the back and whatnot, but yet another organization that says, no, you guys are doing the right are, things, are doing the right thing. And, and it's coming from impartial people that are doing that judging and evaluation of it. So it's not the BBB that goes, okay, well, Chris is involved. So, okay, let's, let's give him an award. It's not that it's outside people that are judging this and looking at it and the, uh, the extensive they were work. conducting interviews or something. We they're, were coming they're to <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so that's the part that then it makes us feel, wow, this is more than just, you know, these people that like us that are in there, but it's people outside of it that really don't even know us or know anything about it. And they do some extensive research on it. And I don't know if you ever looked at one of those packages to put together for uh, the award. It's extensive. It's evolved, huh? Well, it takes us about three yeah. to six months to put that together. Oh, to wow. Sub I just submit, realized that. Submit that uh, application to be considered. I mean, at the event, I mean, I knew it was a big deal. I mean, yeah. people at my tables, oh, I've been working on this for six years. I still have to get out there, right? <laughs> and like I say, it was I, I was just so impressed. Yeah. So, so impressed with the whole thing with the BBB, right? So I, I've, you know, I've heard of the BBB. My my career really was, I didn't, other than saw it on a wall or something, I'd have any connection to it and then got involved here. And I didn't realize this, this the Southwest or region here is doing it different than the rest of the country yep. too. This whole facility and Ignite and yep. the podcast and everything else that they're doing here. I mean, this is a completely yeah. different program. The Torch Award for Ethics is, is a great wraparound for us. It solidifies with our residents, our clients, our suppliers, and most importantly, our team members, that we are committed to doing the right thing. It's not just a code of ethics from the Institute of Real Estate Management that they get trained on and they have to sign within the first week that they're employed with us. This is a huge wraparound. This was, oh my gosh, this really puts the teeth into what it is that we're committed to, doing the right thing. I love it. I love it. Well, believe it or not, we're kind of getting to the end of this thing. I told you to go fast. Well, I'd love to have both of you share. Um, what, what's the big takeaway you would like the folks to be? And it could be anything. It could be anything. It could be about business. It could be a personal message, whatever. You know, I, I just I just got to my office. I'm getting out. I'm going into work. And what's that one thing you want them to walk in and go, I just heard this great thing. What, what well, What's the thought? I, I would probably say the biggest thing is to be open-minded in regards to what's really going on out there. And I don't care if it's with housing or or going into the coffee shop to go get something, be open-minded that you, you don't always know what's going on for somebody else. And, you know, it's, if you were to kind of be able to reach inside and kind of figure out what's going on in their mind at that given time, you don't know what, how bad their day is at any given time. So the biggest thing is be open-minded that, you know what, maybe, 
maybe there's something more to this and you know give, give people a break uh, you know chill out a little bit eh? <laughs> absolutely yeah i love that that's a, that's a great thought Lucinda, what do you got I'll, I'll build on that and say that it's not just about recognizing that you don't know what someone else's story is that it's incumbent upon all of us to communicate and create relationships and be transparent so that we're all working towards the same sense of community I can't use that word strongly enough, community. We're all in this together. Love it. Love so there it. There you go. I mean, actually, one of the, the overriding goal of this podcast is to help bring organizations like the BBB, Conscious Capitalism, uh, Be Local, and other organizations together to say, how do we use the influence of business to positively impact our community? I mean, business has a role, a big role to play on how this community operates, what it feels like, and dealing with some of the social issues that we have. And yeah. I think we've, that's that's what we got to be stepping into in a bigger and better way. Yeah, as and business people are not bad. No, um, we, we're great people. Thank you very much. <laughs> we have a little greed well, problem, but that's that's why we're here. But well, in general, we're trying to do the right thing. There's a country song out there. Most people are good. It's true, and it's true. There you go. So. And a lot of times people don't think that, but they are, you know, we saw through this pandemic for two years and, you know, our, our residents, you know, we're, we're good, you know, our employees were good. Uh, our owners were good because they kept reaching out going, what, what more can we do? And, and, and from every angle and then, and then, you know, it just, just warms our hearts to know that you know, most people are good. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Lucinda and Chris, I want to thank you for taking the time to come to the show today and to share your amazing experience, insights, and wisdom. And I want to thank you for all the work you're doing here in the greater San Diego area. I mean, it's very important what you're doing. And like I say, the where people, you know, the places you're uh, renting out, this is where people live. This is where living their lives and trying to do it right and make sure people are, you know, having a great experience and taking care of the owners at the same time, get that win-win. That, that is awesome. So that is our show for today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe and comment. And but most importantly, share the podcast with a friend. And again, I want to give special thanks to our community of business organizations, the Better Business Bureau, Conscious Capitalism San Diego, and Be Local San Diego, who are all collaborating and using the influence of business to positively impact our very own community of San Diego. I'm Jeff Blanton from Jailbreak Leadership saying, in the meantime, go do what you do. Go do what you do best, for we are all counting on you. Thank you.